Welcome to Well Examined, the podcast where science and discovery meet intuition and wellness with your host, Christine Dynes. Each episode, I'll chat with the best minds in integrative epigenetic health, biohacking, neuroscience, quantum healing, and lifestyle design, as well as a slew of reputable citizen scientists across all facets of wellness. Welcome, friends. Today, we're joined by yogini, teacher, spiritual and healing guide, Taylor Eyewalker. Many of you know her as a veteran in the LA healing community, but for those of you just meeting her, Taylor's soulful gift is helping transform human consciousness through tantric and kundalini yoga and the practice of combo medicine. I think what intrigues me about Taylor's passion for healing is her understanding of healing core distractions, trauma, and wounds that are described as living within our DNA. She is most definitely a fellow epigenetic upgrader. So let's welcome her and dive into combo. Hey, Taylor, thanks for joining us. Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. I think everybody is really intrigued with all of the shifts this past year in the work you're doing. People are really calling in transformation. So thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, it it really means a lot for me to be here and continue to share what I have learned through my own experiential wisdom over the past two decades. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for um, some of you listening, you will have remembered when uh, the fullest was Poppy and Seed way back in the day. And that's when I met Taylor. I had Milan with me and I remember Milan being really drawn to... Taylor and we kept going over and visiting her. And so it's a really cool connection um, about a decade later to have you here. So I want to dive in and ask Taylor our question that you all love. Taylor, what is your ikigai? How would you describe that? I, I always have the same thing to say about this. And there's always something new that comes through. And What I have to say about my deepest purpose and mission here is that with whatever I do and whatever I am sharing, diving into, and exploring, my intention is to find the pathway for an unobstructed, creative self-expression. And when we have that unobstructed creative self-expression, we're here to truly understand how to tap into our own potential and energy capacity and our own power. And along the way, we will find obstructions. And so my fascination is what can we do to clear those obstructions in a way that is integrative, that is honest and supportive for each and every individual so that as they open up into their creative self-expression and my own, that we do so in a way where we can land here on the earth. Gosh, I love that. So practical. I, I love how connected to being human you are. (laughs) I know that probably sounds like a really simple thing to say, but, um, 
being an Aquarian, I can be pretty floaty sometimes. So I really appreciate the groundedness that you bring to the human experience. So thank you for incarnating here the way you did (laughs) for all of us. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I was talking to my friend and uh, she's definitely a colleague and someone I look up to a lot, Guru Jagat. And I was discussing with her about my astrology and she said, oh, it's definitely your first time here on the planet. And she said, and you are born into these various coordinates because you are really here to learn about what it means to have a human experience. And so you just saying that and feeling that in my vibration means I'm, I'm living out my destiny. So thank you. Uh, I have tingly feeling all over. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know if you can share with us about frog medicine. So you're the first guest I've ever had on who practices frog medicine um, combo. So will you share with us how you were called to this? And for those not yet familiar, you really express your version of how this medicine helps facilitate dynamic healing. I've always heard this popular saying that frog medicine gives you what you need, not what you want. I actually feel that to be true about all medicine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's very true about combo. Okay. So combo or sapo uh, as, as we know it is it comes from the Philomedusa bicolor frog. It's this beautiful green tree monkey frog in the Amazon. And it is lean and it's, uh, It's not like a thick toad. It's like a very long-legged, lean character that comes out at night. So it's a nighttime creature, comes down at night, also comes down after the rains. And it carries with them a waxy secretion. And the waxy secretion that emerges from the frog is known as its protection from other animals in the wild. So I want to get into a lot of details about this because, you know, when we, when humans get into uh, taking things from animals, we want to make sure that we're not taking so that they are not protected. So um, this medicine has been used for many centuries and in the Amazon with the tribes of the Katsukina and the Yawanawa and the Kashinawa and the Matsis tribe, many, many more in the Amazon throughout Peru, Bolivia, Brazil. And um, they were using this medicine to provide profound hunting magic. And they would say that this medicine would make you very sharp in the wild when you were going out to hunt your food. And additionally, they would use this in the communities for uh, malaria protection and healing. They would use it for behavioral correction, increasing the immune system support, 
They would even, the women would even use it to support uh, bringing on a birth or are aborting an unwanted child, although that wasn't happening a lot in the communities. But they would use this for some sort of, you know, child bearing, child birthing or aborting process. And so very practically, this medicine would also be used to make sure that everybody in the tribe was harmonious together. And so they would often give it to people who were um, out of alignment with their community. So they would call it behavioral correction, and they would kind of help them be in greater harmony with one another so they could function together as as a family, as a community of people um, working towards a greater whole, which is a lot of the indigenous cultures is that it was very community oriented. And so this waxy secretion over time as it's been studied was found to have 20 different bioavailable peptides inside of the secretion. And so scientifically, it started to become studied, and these peptides directly affect the human body in particular ways. And so we started to have a lot of science so we could actually understand what was, uh, what was happening physiologically in the body and why it was happening. And so the process by which we explore in administering combo is that we are, and it has always been this way, is that they found to burn the first dermal layer of the skin. And so you're burning the skin and over time science and, and as, you know, as it has been greater investigated, found that it is once it makes contact with the lymphatic fluid is when the medicine starts to become active in the human body. And so the burning of the skin, I actually don't know the tradition of how that was found to be the way to administer, but there's a lot of lore that says that it came to them in ayahuasca visions that the, the frog Kampu came, came through the ayahuasca vision and told them to use this secretion from the frog for healing. Um, but there's a lot of other kind of folk, folklore um, storytelling about how combo came to be, but I don't have the quote unquote empirical evidence because a lot of different tribes say a lot of different things. But the way that we administer is that we burn the first dermal layer of skin and we take this sort of waxy secretion, adding a little water or saliva to it, and that creates like a sticky substance. And then that sticky sort of substance goes on top of the what we call gates that we've burned. And so that's how the medicine makes contact with the body. And that is an, essentially the beginning process and the beginning stage of combo. And as this medicine starts to work its way through the system, we would very basically say it acts as a purgative, whether it be through crying, releasing emotions, shaking, so releasing of stored trauma in the polyvagal nerve, 
or excessive sweating or vomiting or going to the toilet. So there's many different ways to purge within combo. It's a very short-lived process. Um, sometimes it can be very beautiful and blissful and kind of this overwhelming sense of, um, of gratitude and meditation. And some treatments can actually be quite an ordeal because the body is going through a lot of quick shifting. Um, but because it's very short, the recovery time is also very short. And so the what actually happens inside of those 20 to 40 minutes of the medicine being on is really just that, that first initial stage of how the body goes through the process. But it's actually the experience after the fact of what people go through the weeks and the months after receiving combo is really where all the magic takes place. And when I say magic, I mean, the physical body will feel overall more vital and alive and aware and clear, more energized, stronger, faster. The body will, uh, go through actual physical appearance changes. So a person may lose weight or their skin might become softer or more radiant. They might actually start to turn into physically what they were actually meant to look like, you know, because I know that you know this, but sometimes we start to carry these epigenetic traits physiologically through our lineage line of our parents. And we know that's not what we're meant to look like, but it's like this belief in this pattern that we're carrying from many lines before us. And then those, those parts of us, maybe if they're even like subtle energies in our face, those start to dissolve. And so we start to look like what we're really meant to look like, which is so fascinating to me. I see it all the time. Um, then, you know, we go to the emotions. And so as the emotions are starting to become purified, we will often find that a lot of the things and the pain and the heartbreak from the past that we've been carrying, the things that we haven't been able to let go of are simply things that don't hijack us anymore because we've been able to, to clear that from the somatic body and we're actually able to create space where it no longer exists stored in our soma. And I also find that we start to, if we work with it deep enough and more with great intent, we start to transform subconscious belief patterns and programmings that we thought were just a part of our personality. And our personality actually changes because that was never actually our personality to begin with. Those were just programs. And so we start to really learn how to think for ourselves and, and we become more intelligent even and more our brain starts to work faster. We start to think quicker, think better. And, um, and then on a psycho-spiritual level, whatever has kind of been lingering in our field will start to dissolve and 
all of a sudden our life just starts to unfold with a lot more ease, a greater level of prosperity, and things will just start to work right. And, and we might chalk it up to be good luck, but it's actually we're purifying whatever is out of harmony with our field and we're putting new information in the field. And so what we're holding inside of this chi field is something where we are containing a lot more information for what it is that we want to cultivate in our life. And so I always talk about how the frog governs the water element and the water element is about cleansing and purifying and prosperity and abundance. And we very much have the capacity to call this in. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Sometimes there is a healing process. There may even be a healing crisis right? Where things will start to break down before we break through. I think it's so intriguing how you were describing the community call one another to the healing traditionally. And so I'm really intrigued by how people in the West are called to combo. If we're, you know, living in these more nuclear families, how do you notice that people are called in to combo? Yeah, this is a great question because I often relate this to astrology too, where we understand that, you know, the Vedic tradition was more about family and career and marriage and all of those things. And then, you know, as we get more into Western astrology, we find that it is, is more exploring of the um, psychology and so we as Western people, we are a me-oriented <laughs> culture. And there's nothing wrong with that, with me orientation, getting to know me, getting to understand the self. There's nothing wrong with that. It is um, perfect for where we were brought up at the timeline that we were also born. It's, it's an important aspect where we are learning discovery of the self. And so as we've taken um, the use or as combo has actually been kind of extended out into the West and uh, by, by several different people that started to travel down to the Amazon. I mean, it's, it first started with a French priest. If I'm, uh, I, I don't remember the date, but a French priest was technically the first Westerner that discovered combo. And so more popularized in America uh, was a man named Peter Gorman, who went down in the 80s and started working with the Matsis. And so as we bring this medicine to the West, we find people with a lot more conditions. So we're talking about cancers, we're talking about autoimmune, depression, anxiety, um, you name it, you know, we've got all kinds of issues with people that have excessive weight gain and inflammation and chronic illness and chronic fatigue and just chronic everything. And so we found that as science started to study the peptides with combo, that certain peptides were very helpful in treating these particular conditions. And so we can't say the word cure because technically 
we cannot say that word, but in the treatment of these conditions, we have found that many people have healed their cancers, their autoimmune, their chronic fatigue, their chronic illness, their depression, their anxiety. That's so fascinating. And it really, really has me thinking about children, of course, because they carry these epigenetic patterns as you and I have both discussed, you know, multitudes of generations. Um, You know, we have what our grandmother was experiencing, what her mother was experiencing. And so I'm really intrigued about what you think and what your experience is about serving combo um, to children. I think I mentioned to you, I was reading about a Colombian woman's story about her young daughter receiving it with the intention of optimizing her immune system. So what can you share with us about that, either your experience or your colleagues' experiences with using the medicine with kids? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So one of the things that we have to be concerned about here in America is if children are going to schools and they show up with burn marks on them, that's going to be a red flag for the system. Same as in cupping with, um, you know, Chinese medicine. I remember way back in my, you know, beginning of medical school discussing how, you know, in Asia, it was commonplace for parents to, you know, use cupping. And then the traditional medicine practice here in the West, of course, at first raised so many red flags. So, yeah. Of course. And because... Combo is completely legal and it is, uh, it's not an FDA approved and we don't want it to be medicine. Um, We have to be very cautious about the use of combo on anybody that is younger than 18 years old, mainly for the protection of the frog and the protection of these parents that are potentially administering these kids or, or giving you know, parental consent for these kids receiving medicine. It will support the children. You give basically a children's dose, which is obviously smaller than an adult dose. Um, and it would help children immensely, especially kids that have had been diagnosed with autoimmune or even autism. Um, but we have to be care- very careful because they might not know what's going on with them if they're not totally capable to have a clear communication. Um, they might go through a very intense experience and they need to know exactly what they're about to go through. And so that's the part where we have to be very sensitive to these little people because it could actually be a very intense experience for them. The youngest person I ever, I ever treated was 18 and um, she, it was so foreign to her. Her mother sent her to me and she was diagnosed with um, SIBO and she, her gut was totally ripped up. And after three treatments of combo, SIBO was gone. Her issues with her gut were gone. And I mean, yes, I would love to treat children. And I think the only way I could do that in a way that is safe is if the child were homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, in the homeschooling community, people tell right. me, uh, well, they have time to explore beyond uh, the everyday horizon. So they have a little bit more time to do research into this and discuss it extensively with their children on a psycho-spiritual level. So I think there's even perhaps more 
preparation, or perhaps the families have already been using integrative and traditional medicines as well. So at least that's my experience as a whole yeah. parent and with my community. So, but that's, yeah. that's really cool that, I mean, I have treated SIBO for decades and it can take, I say in air quotes, forever because there's such an emotional experience connected to that. Right. So for someone younger who, uh, you know, may have not embodied emotional experiences for as long on earth, it could be that combo is the medicine that will move them to the head of the class, if you will, before taking nutraceuticals, um, doing all sorts of sophisticated diagnoses, et cetera. So it's interesting well, I guess what I'd be really interested in, and this is just, you know, thinking um, for the younger people, you know, 18, 19, 20, who are receiving um, being served combo, how they would share it with their younger siblings and tell them about it. So maybe starting a new tradition in families of the way it's shared here in the West. I would love to see that. And I feel like I have, I have a mission to do that because I've been treating a lot of family dynamics in my practice, which is so amazing. So I have um, mothers and sons, I have mothers and daughters, um, I have entire families that have come to see me, sisters and brothers and cousins, and um, they've all sat in ceremony circle together. And so we're healing these family lineages. And then we're getting into and one of the big things about my practice, which I'll just share, is I don't just administer combo. It is, it's not about that for me because I understand that the consciousness is the master and combo is just the tool. And combo can take us a very f- a long way, but our consciousness can take us further. And so if we're not getting really honest about our patterns and finding out how to replace our patterns and heal our patterns, then we're not actually doing the deep work. And, and so I always have a, a pattern coaching aspect of my practice in whatever it is that I do. Well, as an epigenetic upgrader, you have to, uh, you know, have a lot in the magic bag when it comes to modern day, for sure. I used to joke that the acupuncture treatments were, you know, free with clients because they would say, I've never been to an acupuncturist that talks to me for an hour and a half. <laughs> so yeah, this exactly. experience is more than just coming in for the, you know, physical modality, I guess, as people describe it. Exactly. I said before combo even goes on, I said, we've already done combo. You could leave today and get so much. But, you know, you came here for the, uh, you know, the big, the big shebang. So I'll give you the big shebang, but we've already done the work. (laughs) I love it. So I, you know, you already talked about, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the word science. And so you were talking a little bit more about the physiological experience. And we talked about the psychology and embodied somatic experiences. And, you know, in my work, a lot of people come to me with, uh, what are labeled as HPA axis dysfunction. And I'm working with a lot of women who experience uh, what are labeled autoimmune thyroid concerns. So 
I think I described this to you earlier when we were kind of talking ahead of time as a loaded question, um, but I want to kind of read it out a little bit for the people listening, because these are, uh, some of this are questions from our listeners. I have a lot of listeners who write to me and want to know the very integrative meaning behind things. So I'm really curious about, um, I haven't been able personally to find documentation on this. So this is why I wanted to ask you about it. Um, what do you think would happen if we could combine combo with neurofeedback to address HPA axis dysfunction to help reset neurohormonal function optimization? So I'm thinking theoretically, we'd you know be using combo to help realign neurotransmitter and neurohormonal activity. So clients who have altered signaling pathways with say fight or flight hormones like norepinephrine or epinephrine or dopamine and estrogen signaling pathways. Uh, this in my practice, this will typically result in seeing altered estrogen levels, altered T3, and it'll be embodied as anxiety or um, you know, psychosomatic concerns. So I'm really interested in how much you have or want to work in an integrative setting. Um, like, could you see yourself looking at the type of epigenetic data that I do and using your integrative methods to help alter those neurohormonal states so that maybe we aren't even using, um, you know, a long list of nutraceuticals. Um, in, you know, in my mind, I think organic or beyond organic, vital food is basic and nutraceuticals are used or can be used temporarily to help a shift or supplement something that's needed. But after listening to how you're describing combo, it really has me thinking that a lot of that might not be necessary to even go through. So I, I say that's a loaded question, but this is the kind of understanding I want to start to theorize here. So... I believe the way to answer the question that you posed to me is, yes, I would like to work in an integrative fashion with, um, maybe you could go back and say in, in what way, because everything that you're talking about, my, my mind is just firing a million miles a minute when you're saying that you're encountering women who's, uh, uh, dopamine levels are low or their estrogen levels are, are high. So some of the ways that I will work with people is I'll explain that uh, many of these peptides are neuropeptides. And so these particular neuropeptides will start to uh, almost repair or help form new neurotransmitters in the brain. We've also got the deltorphin peptide, which in particular helps with turning on the uh, opioid receptor in the brain to help us have um, pain relief and good feelings. So it turns on the receptor. It doesn't temporarily like, um, oh, I'm just temporarily giving this receptor like a little um, uh, cocktail. I'm like, we're turning on the receptor and it might take like several treatments to start to really work with these sort of receptors because the body can only take in what it can adaptogenically handle that day. And so 
this is why I see people over time, but there's the, uh, neurokinin B peptide. There's the deltorphin peptide. Um, there's many different peptides that will start to activate these particular aspects of the brain that you're talking about. And the way that I also serve is that I will often serve. So if you're talking about someone that's holding a lot of trauma and they hold their fight or flight response is, um, it's really strong. I look at one, I know that that is coming from blockage or holding in the polyvagal nerve. And then I also know that it's a mechanism of the limbic system. So I might treat auricular points in the ears by placing combo on the limbic system point on the ears. And that, you know, placing combo there would do something different than placing combo on the liver five channel. Right. And so I work, I work in an integrative fashion, understanding the theories of auricular therapy and Chinese medicine. Um, but also these particular peptides are turning on particular receptor sites in the brain. I'm very intrigued by this. So has there been any real-time data, any um, neurofeedback or biofeedback data showing the different brainwave states shifting or you're not familiar with that yet? I am familiar. I do have a client that works with me and does biofeedback and has experienced huge shifts receiving combo and then doing biofeedback. But I am the kind of person that would want to do it on myself. Ah, yes, me too. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to see it for myself. I need to have, or I need to be having a test subject and I need to be working with collecting data over time to really see that what we're doing is we've got some straight up empirical evidence that combo is shifting something and neurofeedback is, is supporting that. Obviously, a person's experience is good enough for them. And I remember something Danny Beinstein said to me. She said, you know, the burden of proof is not on me. And I, I really got what she mm -hmm. meant. However, being so rooted in science just for the sake of learning what's not yet known, I'm so intrigued to see these measured states sometimes. And I think that that'll lead us to be able to create um, even more expanded systems of measurement, uh, not to limit it, but just uh, to, to see what we don't know yet, really, frankly. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you um, with that. It's that's an interesting topic. I mean, for someone that is so rooted in trust and so rooted rooted in spirit medicine, I do have a fascination with being able to read and see and relate and put the pieces together like a puzzle where it's this integrative aha. Um, because initially early on in my peptide work, I was working pretty closely with this woman who created all of these peptide-based sprays. And they were brain sprays that were also peptides. And um, I had not quite fully understood the, like I could feel the, um, 
I could feel the truth in what it is that I was working with. I could, I could understand what she was saying, but it was also very foreign to me. Like I didn't have, like she was so woo woo and she was working with this doctor who was so, you know, grounded in practicality uh, that nobody could really explain it to me in the way that I really wanted to, but I trusted and I actually felt the difference. And then when I found Combo and started researching Combo, it all just started to click. And for me, peptide science is, it's like the, the thing that is, it's been the greatest pathway to my physical and emotional healing, actually, uh, because I, I came to Combo being exposed to a lot of things that were not supportive to me, like black mold, and I was placed on birth control early on, and I was on it for nine years, and my endocrine system was all out of whack, and so my system was not operating from a highly functional level, even though I was strong and I was clear and I worked out hard and I ate really well and I had a deep meditation practice, there was still something that was off in my system. And when I heard the word combo, I said, I need to try that, what, you know, whatever it is. And my, my studies started early on in the Amazon in 2005, and I was traveling back and forth and working with a lot of plant medicine um, in the Amazon. And I didn't find combo until a good decade ago. And when I heard the word, I said, I, I know I need to try this. And the first moment that I experienced combo, I had gone in and I had had a three month deep cough. It was like this dry cough that I couldn't clear. And I received one treatment of combo from people that don't serve like me. But after that treatment, I never had a cough again. It was the most profound thing. That three month cough went away in minutes. And so my immune system was profoundly healed through this process. And therefore my endocrine system, my hormones, my overall capacity for everything really. And so I feel like I'm proof in the pudding. I am a walking expression of how combo can change a person's health and their life and their well-being and their, their success. So yeah, it's really the medicine that meets you where you are, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Well, it's easy enough these days to measure mm -hmm. peptides, amino acids, proteins. We can measure heart rate variability in real time. So it's quite reasonable to think that we can create these experiences that you want to study more in test. So that's exciting to me. For sure. I think that's something that I could even pursue with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, I know that people, you know, talking about beliefs, I know that people really want to hear your take on beliefs in media mind control. And this is something I know that you think about, discuss in your own life. So, for folks that have tried all sorts of different therapies that 
in their perception haven't really worked out. Um, and then combine physiological epigenetic medicine with belief work to uncover how their thoughts became theirs. You know, in the first place, uh, you know, I like to ask these questions about whose belief were you thinking anyway? Where did you get that belief? And once those questions are asked, I feel in sense a whole entire different trajectory open up with people. So in your opinion and experience, think about how propagandists know how easy it is to effectively implant belief patterns neurally so that they become embodied. What's the medicine for this in your experience, given what's going on currently, especially because now more than ever, things are in people's faces second to second digitally. So the messages are being implanted at such a fast rate. Mm -hmm. What's the medicine for this? How are you thinking about it? Hmm. <clears throat> we have to be smarter than the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> yeah. Okay. And the algorithm is created to dumb us down and make us stop thinking and is thinking for us. So I know it's through intense, dedicated, focused meditation where, because people think they need to, oh, I just, you know, I need to turn off my social media or I need to, um, I just can't be on social media. It just brings up too much for me. And that polarizing effect is still the same thing. So people often polarize against the media or social media. I mean, cause let's be honest, we're finding our media on social media these days. And, and so um, people are like, well, I just won't be on it or I'll just take a break from it because it activates me or because I don't feel like it, I'm myself. And that is also continuing to perpetuate the very same issue that we are coming up against. And it's that we're polarizing from the fact that we are being programmed. And we think that we need to take a break away from the program. And we think that that's going to change something. And it might a little bit. That's, that's called a behavioral correction. But my understanding is that we don't actually create lasting change through changing behavioral patterns. We create lasting change through changing fundamental patterns of our consciousness, which means that we have to become smarter. Yeah. And what that looks like is, I, I mean, I do and teach various forms of meditation that start to get the brain more clear, that clear out the filament of the subconscious mind. So we are able to see through the algorithm that is being projected upon us. Is that more of, would you describe it more as an intellectual process, more of an energetic process? Energetic. Yeah. There's nothing intellectual about it because we can't meet a problem from the same place that the problem started, which is in the mind, right? And we can't think it away. And, and 
So when I talk about fundamental patterns, I talk about patterns that are deeply rooted in our consciousness that we are sometimes not even aware of that we are playing out. Well, you made a really great point. You can, um, you know, take a break from participation and you can say, okay, well, I've disconnected from this programming temporarily and, eh, you know, maybe a little bit of a shift, but we've all seen someone who maybe had a break and then they're triggered and it all comes flooding back. Exactly. You know, to be able to transmute, transform and create space, like you said, in a smarter way, but non-intellectual. I think that is a little tricky for some people to still embrace. There needs to be so much intellectual understanding around it. And I think if you're feeling so extreme, then that's where maybe you take a leap of faith and you go for a little bit more the non-intellectual. Yeah. I was talking to a client the other day and it was really interesting to kind of explore this topic with her because she, she is very committed to, um, one, getting her breast implants removed because she has breast implant toxicity. But two, that she's also very committed to getting them put back in. And she's so committed to to those implants and so committed to, well, I'll be okay when I get my Botox and filler. Uh everything is going to be okay. When I get my implants out, I get new ones in, I get my Botox, my filler. And I just had to say who, who put that in your conditioning, who put that as a program in you when she's totally aware that the media is programming her, but there's this one particular aspect that is cognitive dissonance where she, she thinks that that program is her. She's that's just what I want. And I had to say, why is that what you want? And so we have to be so much smarter than all of these things being projected upon us that elude to our delusory perfection, because that's not our perfection. Once we we get all the things and we've accumulated all the things or accumulated the wealth or we've looked the way that we finally want to look, that is not perfection. And we're so told that we have to keep striving for that, that we are constantly bombarded with that program. Whether it be a man that has male pattern baldness and he's being constantly advertised hair growth serum, where all of a sudden he starts to think that he needs hair growth serum. (laughs) I mean, it's really fascinating to me. Well, going back and forth between the more meditative or intellectual and what we're both asking our people, you know, where, where did that come from anyway? Whose belief is that anyway? I always pose the question, what could I believe instead? And I think allowing ourselves the grace in between those intellectual experiences to take time to meditate uh, and, you know, have an experience with combo and all of the integrative processes makes so much sense. And people 
uh, you know, sometimes they just need permission. They need someone to simply say, okay, this is, this is the time that I want to help you build in between now and whenever. Uh, I know you're very rooted in time, but for some people, there needs to be, you know, a little bit of a leap of faith in this space in time that people allow themselves, if you will. Does that make sense the way I'm saying it? Some people, mm-hmm. they, they're so rooted in their schedule, you know, like the future, your, your person, your client that you were talking about, she has this idea, um, you know, when I do this, when I do this. So she's thinking so much into the future, creating the story that doesn't yet exist. So I think meditation allows, uh, you know, more of a, what Ram Das teaches to be here now, obviously. Absolutely. And to know that you may not feel the immediate fruits of your meditation is very, very important. And just because you don't feel like your life is changing the way that you want it to, because you started meditating does not mean that you stop meditating. It means that you keep up and that sometimes your life is changing in a way that you actually have no idea. And what's happening is the force is circumventing so much through you that that you are that your timeline, you're actually interacting with things differently than you would have had you not started your meditation practice. So even though something you're not having these otherworldly aha profound moments of bliss through your practice, but you're actually just on a different timeline with your practice. And so you're experiencing your life differently because of the practice that you've shown up for. And so there might not always be these profound magical moments in the practice of committing to meditation, but what there will be is a changing in the timeline and a changing of your destiny that you may have so much cognitive dissonance or a person may have so much cognitive dissonance. They they might not even be able to see that their life is unfolding in a different way before their eyes. And all of a sudden the opportunities or the new things that have presented themselves in front of them is actually a result from their commitment to their practice. And so you know, if someone is talking to me and, oh, well, I've, I did this, I did a hundred days, 120 days of, of Sudarshan Chakra Kriya, or I did 120 days of, of Subhag Kriya, and I don't have any more money than I did when I started. And, uh, but, but this meditation, this practice said that it was going to make me prosperous and make me have money. And I don't, I don't have any more money. And what they might not even be seeing that the way that the prosperity comes through them might be totally different than the way prosperity comes in the form for someone else. And so someone's prosperity might be paper with numbers on it or the fiat currency. And then some people's prosperity might actually be receiving gifts. All of a sudden people just want to give them gifts or give them experiences or feed them or invite them places or, or have a bigger friend group. It looks different for everybody. And so we have to trust that as we're starting to change these patterns in our brain by working through the meditative state, that even if you don't see the obvious changes happening. And I would say, especially if you encounter obstacles arising 
when you show up to your practice, that is the moment to go for it more, not the moment to quit. I am just, I'm sitting here tingling. Yes, yes, yes. Over here. When you talked earlier about combo being the tradition in the community, and then we talked about me centered healing, uh, you know, this is where I say we need to normalize having guides through all seasons of life. Once you think you're suddenly advanced, you need a new guide. You need to invite someone else into the community as the perception of prosperity shifts so that we can be further and further and further connected. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Well, I always, toward the end of my podcasts, I love to ask what sort of wisdom you can bestow on our audience with parting words. And I think you just did that. Um, <laughs> but I love, I love that. Um, I love how lighthearted you are about the human experience. You're super sweet. I love your energy. And so what I want to ask you is what do you think people need to know to become highly successful humans in their own right? And how can they access and maintain this knowing? And you obviously just talked about um, keeping with the meditation and being open to new perceptions and new definitions and ideas and beliefs. But what are your parting words of wisdom in that yeah. statement? Yes. Okay. This is my parting wisdom. Are you in accordance? with your word to yourself and others with the changing time and space through thought, through speech, through action, which means that you start to become very, very honest with yourself. And if you realize that first was the word and the word is everything and giving our word in honesty, and integrity within and without is actually the basis for everything that you want to create, the healing of your body, the relationships that you want to cultivate, the business that you want to launch, the friendships that you want to hold, the relationship to yourself. If you truly understand your relationship to the word within and without that very simple thing, you will have great success in your life. And if you just take away one thing for your growth, you just need to know one thing. And it's, what's my relationship to the word? And do I understand my word and hold it so close to me that it's bond? It's my word is bond and it comes through inspiration. Everything I do through my word comes through an act of inspiration. I am only participating in that, which is of my love affair. I don't give my word to what I feel burdened by or need to do, or am told I need to do or be, I truly am honest with myself and my own integrity, where I know my word without a shadow of a doubt. 
that is the only practice that you need to know in your entire life. And that will take you everywhere you want to go. Word is bomb. That, yes. that is it. That is awesome. You have so much clarity in how you express. Thank you so much for being with everybody today. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Christine. It's really nice to share. I always love these talking sessions and sharing a little bit about what it is that I offer in my healing space. Thank you. How can I invite everyone to find you beyond the podcast? How do you like to be uh, contacted? Right. I have a website and my website is taylorewalker.com, E-Y-E-W-A-L-K-E-R. And I'm active on Instagram and that's pretty much the only social I'm active on. And I have several different opportunities to work with me through my website and people can peruse that. People can work with me in person or virtually. I have a 40-day meta-healing program that just launched with uh, activating the summer solstice frequency. And anybody can join anytime. Uh, there's a timeline that you can join it, but it's accessible right now. So that's really exciting. And yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Well, you have a wonderful day and I wish you lots of love with your meta healing. I know a lot of people who are joining you with that. So it sounds like it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Thank you. We're on day three. (laughs) Aw, how sweet. Well, you have a wonderful summer and I can't wait to share all of this with everyone. Much love. Thanks, Christine. Bye.